important revelation of the word and how to apply it in my life on a daily basis. I'm a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Therefore, I am a fruitful believer. Well, if you believe that, say amen. Well, Merry Christmas once again. Merry Christmas. It is uh, Christmas Eve 2023. Amen. And God has been exceedingly wonderful uh, to us on this year. This is also the season in which or the time that we celebrate Advent, which is known in the Christian calendar, which essentially means the celebration of his arrival. The four Sundays uh, leading into Christmas are uh, to celebrate Jesus arrival into the earth. It is not intended to celebrate Santa Claus. It is not intended to celebrate elves. It is not intended to celebrate the North Pole or magic. It is intended of God that we celebrate this time. Now, we understand historically um, this was a time that was coined as winter solstice. This was a time that was known in maybe the pagan calendar where they celebrated this area of the seasons. And what happened was Christianity came around to reform this particular area, that there was a decision to celebrate Christ's arrival in December. And so we essentially redeemed that from the winter solstice uh, calendar. Amen. Because we understand that most likely historically Jesus probably was not born in December. Likely, I think some were saying maybe around April or so, uh, give or take. But we take this time during this season to celebrate what his arrival meant and means to us today. Amen. And that is why we celebrate this season of Advent. Amen. That all being said, you should have Luke chapter 1 and verse 37 at this point. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. We're going to look at some of the areas that we began on last week. I want to... Uh, tune up some things uh, I was praying about some of these areas and and I felt like the Lord said no this is what we're going to deal with on this year so this is what we are going to be looking at this year once again amen Luke chapter number one and verse 37 we understand this is when Gabriel is having a conversation with Mary in regards to what is getting ready to happen within her life and how she's going to give birth to a miracle. And one of the latter things that Gabriel, by inspiration or directive of the Lord, says to her is verse number 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. The classic Amplified Version of the Bible says, For with God, nothing is ever impossible. No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Now, in our order of talking about faith on this year, we've been looking at the varying five elements of faith. Hearing, receiving, and believing. Hearing, receiving, and believing. Gabriel is declaring the word of God to this young girl named Mary. And at this time, she's hearing the word of God. 
faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So she's hearing it, she's hearing it, she's hearing it, and then she wants to respond to the word that she's heard. Verse 38 says it like this. And then Mary opens her mouth and she says something. She says, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. We understand the word handmaid means the servant of the Lord. Lord, see, I am your servant. See, Lord, I am submitted to your will and your purposes. She says, be it unto me, I the King James, according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. What took place in verse number 38 is what we see this next element of faith. This element of she hears the word and then she says, Lord, be it unto me, just like you said. In other words, I take it. I receive that word. Do you see that? So we see the two elements here. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now she responds to the word that she's heard and she says, Lord, I'm submitted to what you have for me and I'll take hold of it. In other words, I receive the word that you have given. Now, the next thing that has that has to happen in Mary's life is that she has to now believe. She says, I just had this encounter with the word of God. I believe it. Receive that word. But now the angel gone. Now the encounter is over. Now all of the external things have departed. And now Mary is in a position where she has to walk by faith. It's the same way in our own lives that you have this encounter with God where God tells you this is going to happen within your life. And I want you to do this. And, and that will become this. And this will become that. And you're listening to God and you're saying, oh, glory to God. Yeah, yeah, God. And if this was my purpose, if this was my passion. And you're excited and you hear that word. And then you say, all right, Lord, I submit God to what you have for me. And then after that experience, now you are forced to do something just like Mary. You got to believe what he said. Mary perhaps looked down at her stomach and didn't see a baby bone. Maybe the next morning when she woke up, she didn't have morning sickness. Maybe nothing externally in her life changed at that moment that she received that word. But she has to believe it to carry it into manifestation. To believe the word, Mark 9 and verse 23 says and Jesus said unto him if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believes so he tells us that the believing part is what makes the impossible possible for you and Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 tells us now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us and we talked about the innocence of it being the power of believing Mark 11 verse 24 says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, he says, believe. Believe what? That ye receive them. Just like Mary, he says, all right, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, you got to believe that you receive what you got when you got it when you don't see nothing. And then he says, ye shall have them. The believing element of faith is an important aspect of faith because it requires for us to believe God when you don't have any external things to point to other than that word.
I got to lay hold to the fact that what God said is true. It's going to be a manifestation while I don't see anything else. Believing, believing is is the aspect of faith where I have got to move according to what I believe and not according to what I in fact see. And notice, when we are talking about this area of believing, we have said on last week, there's a structure that God has in place in regards to believing. There's a structure of believing. It works like this almost every single time. And this is where our assignment lies. The word is structure. What does that, in fact, mean? The way I'm using this term structure, it is the way in which the parts of a system are arranged or organized. God says, you got to believe it. Well, Lord, I don't want to believe. Why can't he just be a manifestation now? He said, no, there's an aspect of this where you got to believe me. Because it's impossible to please God apart from faith. Now, let me pause and say this. When something is in quick manifestation, yeah, the believing might be short. You say, be it unto me according to thy word. You see, quick manifestation. Well, the believing might have been in about 10 minutes or 10 seconds. And boom, you got it. That's usually when the Holy Spirit is moving through the gifts of the Spirit. And man, you just riding on what God is doing. It is when you're in a meeting, God says this, and it happens right then. That's a wonderful thing. Now, there is an element of believing that takes place there. But we got to understand as well that most of us have to walk by faith, which means it requires us to believe for a length of time before you see anything. Mary is in this position. And when you have to believe God for a certain thing, for a certain manifestation, and you don't see anything, there's a structure to how God has this working. The word, again, means an arranged or organized way. It means a system arranged in this way. This is how it is. This is how it works, to use my abonics. The structure of believing looks this way, and we talked about some of these aspects last week. The first thing we got to understand about the structure or the arrangement, the way that is laid out in this area of believing is that you have to first, you have to believe the word first. That's the structure. Mary heard the word and then she received the word and then she had to believe. You have to believe the word that God gives you first. Every sign Mary saw followed the word she received. Every sign followed the word. Signs follow the word. The word doesn't follow signs. Signs follow the word. And it's important that you understand this aspect, aspect is because of the fact this is what keeps you right with God and keeps you aligned with the purposes and the will of God. Mark 16 verse 20 says, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. The word preached, signs follow. In the kingdom, faith, therefore, if I say it like this, always precedes sight. Faith always precedes sight in the kingdom of God. The word is established first. In the beginning was the word, the word with God, and the word was God. John 1 verse 1. The word is first, and then everything follows. The word begins. If you look in Genesis chapter 1, God speaks and then God saw. The word is always established first. So don't tell me you believe in for something and you ain't got no word. Because the word comes first. If you understand that, say amen. amen. 
Matthew chapter number 16 tells us Jesus is talking to Pharisees and he talks about an adulterous or wicked generation which seeks for a sign before believing. And the reason why he says a wicked and adulterous generation is because these are people that are in covenant relationship with God, but are expecting God to do something that to show them something before they start believing. That is a sign that you don't have the relationship with God that you need to have. When you start asking God to show me something, prove himself to you before I start believing your word. You see a breakdown of the relationship when you ask God, all right, I need you to do a cartwheel. Or I need you to do this so I can see something before I start believing. God says, we got a problem. Jesus says a wicked and adulterous generation are looking for a sign. Now notice what he says as well to uh, Thomas in John chapter 20 and verse 29. Thomas is looking just like this. He's saying, I ain't going to believe nothing about the resurrection. I'm not going to believe that any of y'all seen Jesus until I see him. He says emphatically, unless I put my hands in his hands and touch those nail scarred hands and put my hand in his side and feel where they pierced him, I will not believe. In other words, he says, I need to see it before I believe it. And what Jesus says in John chapter 20 and verse 28, he said to Thomas and answered, uh, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord, my God, verse 29, he says, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast believed or hast seen me, thou hast believed. But notice what he says, blessed are they that have not seen yet have believed. The structure of faith, the way it's organized. You believe the word before you see anything. Second structure that we've talked about on last week is that you have to, to the structure of believing requires that you remain open or you are adaptable or you have adaptability. You remain open or you have adaptability. The word adaptable means the ability or willingness to change in order to suit the different conditions. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 22 says, <clears throat> talking about Paul out of the uh, Passion Translation, he says, I became weak to the weak to win the weak. I have adapted to culture, to the culture of every place I've gone so that I could be more easily or I could uh, more easily win people to Christ. Now, let me put a caveat here. He wouldn't conform to the world. He just said, all right, when I was in this culture, I understood that culture. I, in other words, I understood that my ministry had to shift based on the environment that it was in. I couldn't minister like I was in Rome when I'm out here in Athens. I couldn't minister in Athens like I would in Jerusalem. The cultures are different. The word didn't change, but the cultures are different. And I have an appreciation to adapt to the culture that I'm in. If I'm ministering in a white congregation, let me just tell it straight, I'm going to minister a little bit differently than I would in a traditionally black congregation where they're going to talk back to you. In a black congregation, they're going to say, well, come on, Reverend, say so. And sometimes they almost throw you off. He's like, wait a minute now. What was I saying? But when I'm ministering in my predominantly white congregation, they just look at you. Well, praise the Lord, brother. Amen. And they might not say anything back to you. It's a different culture. What he's saying is be adaptable to the culture, but you don't change the message. He's not saying conform to the world in order for you to be more worldly and then try to win them to Jesus like a lot of churches are doing today. Adaptability. 
is an essence of discipleship. We looked at this on last week. What Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 24, then said Jesus to his disciples, if any man will come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It also means, we've said this last week as well, that if I'm going to be adaptable, that means I have to resist complaining. God says, go over here. I don't want to go over here. <laughs> I got to resist the complaining spirit. See, the, the form of trust within our life is displayed when we say, all right, God, I don't want to go, but I will go and I will watch my mouth while I'm going. I, I don't want to be over here. Lord, you know this because when you told me to go, you knew how I felt about it. But while I'm going, I'll also watch my mouth because I know you have a heart for the assignment that you're sending me to. Adaptability is a part of believing. Number three, the structure of believing. God requires you to moderate expectations without dilution. Moderate expectations without dilution. Luke chapter two and verse seven says this. And she brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So they came to Bethlehem and they were looking for a room. There should have been a room. But because of the Roman census, all of the rooms in the inn were full. And so what they had to do is moderate expectations that when I get to Bethlehem, we are going to have a room that's comfortable for us to stay. In fact, when they got there, there were no rooms. And I'm, I'm sure what we don't see in the text is they must look around and maybe Mary was in labor and having labor pains. And they said, all right, what are we going to do? And they have to have and moderate, moderate their expectations about the way they thought that Jesus would be born into this world. The journey of faith may not look the way you envisioned it. The journey of faith may not look the way you envisioned it. It may not look the way you envisioned it. Give me the next slide real quick. The only, you are only responsible, and let me back up just a few minutes. I put something in my notes, and I don't see them in my notes here. The journey of faith may not look the way you envisioned it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you recall the story of the Magi, in the book of Matthew, what you will see is that the Magi say to Jesus, in fact, turn over there. Matthew chapter number two. Matthew chapter number two. I saw this this morning and I thought it to be very important for us to understand this concept. Matthew chapter number two. The journey may not look the way you envisioned it. The journey may not look the way you envisioned it. Let me look over here in this Bible. In the New Living Translation, notice this. <clears throat> in verse uh, number two, scripture says this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea uh, during the reign of King Herod. And he says, and about that time, some wise men from the eastern land arrived in Jerusalem. Verse number two. Asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? Do you see it? Amen. So, he says out of the King James Version, saying, where is that he that is born king of the Jews? 
Verse number one tells us they came to Jerusalem. Why would they go to Jerusalem? Because that's where the king is supposed to be. Their expectation on the journey was, all right, we are going to see a Jewish king. So you go where Jewish kings are, which is not Bethlehem. They thought, okay, if what we're going to do is since this is what our expectations are, we're going to go to this particular place to see manifestation of what we've been seeking. But when they got there, the thing that they were looking for was a few miles up the road in a place that didn't look the way they prepared for. I submit to you, this is what it looks like when you are believing God in the structure. So you're believing God based on the word and what you have to do is make sure that your preconceived notions about how it's supposed to look doesn't negate the faith that you operate in. God says, all right, here it is. And you say, well, it don't look right. This is not how it's supposed to be. God says, but this is it. Keep believing for manifestation of the thing that I said, even though it don't look the way you expect it. The journey may not always look the way you envision it. It didn't look like that for the wise men, and it may not look that way for you. The important thing that we have to understand is that you're only responsible for your obedience. You're only responsible for your obedience. Did God tell you to go there? I am learning this and I've learned this over the course of this year and continue to learn this. I am not responsible for people's response. If they don't receive you, God, that's not my problem. If they don't listen to you, that's not my problem. My issue is, did I obey God to go where he told me to go? You say, well, I showed up and ain't nobody respond. Well, God didn't say that everybody was going to respond because some people will not respond to the purposes of God. And you just got to understand that. Everywhere you go, everybody's not going to shout you down. There's some places you'll go that you're going to be just like Paul, where they're going to stone you. See, that's in the scriptures too. It may not look the way you think it should look, but the reward remains the same when you are obedient. God operates in the supernatural. It may not always look spectacular. If you understand that, say amen. The important area that is, and we talked about this last week, so I won't talk about it too much this week, is that we don't dilute our faith when it doesn't look right. What does that mean? That means we begin to try to figure it out. God just sent me down here, but it don't look right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this, this, and this. God said, I ain't tell you to do this, this, and this. I told you to do that. And as long as you continue to do that and don't dilute your faith, you get the reward. But when you start adding in other stuff that I didn't tell you to do, you're also adding in areas where I can't reward you. Because that's your plan that you're asking me to bless. And I won't bless your plan. I'm going to bless what I've already declared, which is my plan. You understand that? Say amen. amen. Look at number four. Number four. I need to speed up class. Come on. The structure of believing. The structure of believing requires, number four, watch this. Expect God to speak even through uncommon voices. Expect God to speak even through uncommon voices. Now we understand that Hebrews 13 verse 17 talks about having confidence in your leaders, submit to your authority. They're talking about maybe the pastoral ministry or the ministry in the church. When you come to church, you should have an expectation to receive from God, right? When the man of God or the woman of God is ministering, you're expecting God, yeah, you're going to speak to me. Yes, yes, amen. So those are normal places where we expect God to speak. But when you are in this place of believing, you can expect that God's going to speak through uncommon voices within your life. 
Look at this in Luke chapter 1 and verse 39 once again. I saw this uh, this morning and the Lord began to really show me this because I had kind of rushed over some of these areas. And I, I was looking at it again. He says, verse 39 out of the New Living Translation, a few days later. So after the encounter with Gabriel, the Bible says this, a few days later, Mary hurried. Now, I always jumped over to the Mary hurry to Judea, but he said, no, it was a few days later. Now, it wasn't a long time. He didn't say a few months later. He didn't say a few weeks later. He said a few days later. So I submit to you, I wonder what is what's going on with Mary. She just had this encounter with Gabriel. She just heard the word of the Lord. She said she received the word of the Lord. What's going on with her? That she's sitting maybe perhaps in her house thinking about that word that she received. She's what, what is that called? Meditating on the word. What she's doing is she's strengthening her faith. And I believe during this time when she's thinking about that word, she thinks about another thing that Gabriel said. Ah, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant. And at that time, she maybe perhaps a couple days later, she says, all right, what I'm going to do. And she says, and a few days later, Mary hurry to the seal, to the hill country of Judea, to the town. Uh, I'm sorry, the country of Judea, to the town uh, where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. So in other words, while meditating on what she received, she said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have, I'm going to sacrifice my time. I'm going to sacrifice my money. And I'm going to see something that God has already indicated within that same word I received. She goes into Elizabeth's house and watch this verse 41. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 42, Elizabeth gave a clay, a cry, and exclaimed, Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Now, Mary hadn't had a conversation with anybody about being pregnant. But the moment she walks through the door of Elizabeth's house, there's a confirmation of what God said. He says, she yells out loud, you are blessed. He says, watch this, verse 43. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? This is a loud exclamation point within her life. Verse 44. And when she heard your greeting, when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So she confirms at this instant, this moment, that what Gabriel said about Elizabeth was true. I'm pregnant. You heard that. She didn't get a phone call. The moment she walks through the door, the confirmation word that she received or the word of confirmation she received was that you are pregnant and that I am pregnant. And he says, she says, verse 45, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. He didn't say you blessed because you see you're blessed because you believed the blessing precedes the believing. Now. She wouldn't have seen any of this stuff or heard any of this confirmation if she didn't make the sacrifice. If she said in herself, you know, I ain't got the money to go down here to Judea. It's not really on my schedule. It's not really in my budget. I ain't got the time for this. I'm not going to do any of these things. None of these words would have been confirmed. Sometimes there is a word that God has for you, but he wants to see whether or not you're going to sacrifice to get it. 
the word or that Elizabeth gives is a word of wisdom in regards to or a word that is founded in wisdom that is a result of a sacrifice. Now, let's look at another one. Uncommon voices, uncommon voices. And the reason why I say this again with uncommon voices is because, you know, there are certain people within the scripture that we understand normally speak. The priests would speak. You have the rabbis, they would speak. But there wasn't an expectation for Mary that when she got to Elizabeth's house that the Holy Spirit would get on her and she would have a word of confirmation. Maybe perhaps within your life, this is a word that comes through a relationship that you have with somebody else that you haven't said a thing to them at all in regards to what God put within you. But the Holy Ghost gets on them and they confirm what's in you. This is how it looks when you are walking this journey of believing that God does put you in positions where your faith is stimulated because he confirms it. Let's look at another scenario. Luke chapter number two and verse number 15. The New Living Translation says this. And the angels, uh, we understand, uh, I'm not going to read all this for the sake of time. You understand that what happens is when Jesus is born, that the angels show up uh, to the shepherds watching uh, their sheep by night and they say glory to God in the highest and, uh, and all of these things and we see in verse 15 this is where we pick up this story he says when the angels had returned uh, to heaven the shepherds said to each other let's, us, oh, let's go to Bethlehem let's see this thing that happened which the Lord told us about in other words the shepherd said let's go see what we just heard about that the Savior was born in this manger verse 16 and they hurried to, to the village and found and found Mary and Joseph and there was a where there and there was the baby lying in the manger verse 17 after seeing him the shepherds told notice the word told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child verse 18 all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished Oh, everybody that heard what what happened in the field? Oh my goodness, goodness gracious! What you saw? You saw angels and everything, and that's what led you to be here. Verse number nineteen. Watch this. But Mary kept kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. So what we see here is this is after the baby was here, but we see even in the fact that they had the baby, they still had to believe God that He was not just an ordinary baby. They had to believe God that he was, in fact, the son of God. I don't know about you, but I can imagine that during Mary's time, that even though she gets pregnant and she knows she hadn't been with a man, even though she gave birth, that she might still have this thought in her mind that maybe this is still just an ordinary baby. You say, well, I don't think so. That would have never happened within my life. Well, if you take a few moments and think about your own life, there are certain things that God has already manifested within your life, and yet you're still in a position where you're doubting. I can tell you as the pastor of this church, the fact that we are still here with lights on is a miracle of God. The first month that we got here, I remember the man gave us keys, and my wife and I looked and stared at each other and said, hey, this man just gave us keys. And we said, oh my goodness. And we had keys and we came over here and we looked, we opened up the building and everything. And then the thought in my head was, Lord, how are we going to pay the next month? Because we got keys to the building, but I'm not sure how we're going to pay the next month. How are we going to do this? How is that going to be taken care of, God? Don't you understand that we don't have the money in manifestation for the next month? 
But what we did is we came in the building and we just went ahead and started putting things together, started painting and doing all these kind of things. And one of the things I remember at the time is that when we didn't have the money, the money showed up right when we needed the money to pay for the next month. Now that was almost three years ago at this point. And as I look back at the things that God has done since we've been here, the fact that we're still here is a miracle. So looking forward, it should be that I have confidence in the fact that the same God that's kept us here is able to sustain us and grow us to the next point. But at times what happens is you start looking around and say, I wonder did the Lord really move? Mary must have looked like this at some times in her life, even though she gave birth. And what happens during this structure of believing is that God will send people to find you with a word of encouragement. The shepherds represent people that she doesn't know. Finding her, finding Joseph and saying, no, we saw something supernatural. And God said that the same thing that you heard is still going to be a manifestation. You know, God can talk to people that you don't know. And sometimes if you get to hear from them, sometimes you don't. There might be somebody running their business across town, just like the shepherds, that God's been talking to them about your business, talking to them about your school, talking to them about your church. And you have no idea until one day they show up and confirm that God's been talking to them the whole time. Mary and Joseph don't know shepherds are coming. They, they have no notion that they just had this angelic encounter. Let's look at this third one for the sake of time. The third one is of oh, this word of confirmation is wisdom that comes about from being in the right place at the right time. I'm not going to read all of this for the sake of time. We understand what happens is in the Bible talks about in Luke chapter number two that they go to the temple as they should be going to the temple to present Jesus in the temple as Jewish custom. In the process of them being in the temple, they run across this man named Simeon. And as they run across this man named Simeon, they see a word of confirmation about the destiny of the child that they carry. And a few minutes later, they run across this other lady, this prophetess named Anna, and she confirms the same word. There is a confirmation that God will give you from time to time because of simply you in the right place at the right time. Uncommon voices are people you don't normally expect to hear God speak through. It might be a customer that shows up at your office. It might be somebody up the street and they just say the right thing at the right time that confirmed the word that you heard. This is how the structure of believing looks. It might be a family member that has a word. They have a significant dream and they speak it to you. It might be the shepherds, which is strangers finding you. It might be a word of confirmation that comes about just because you're serving God. The structure of believing, this is the way that it looks. Number five, as I close, the structure of believing requires that you know this, that resources come when moves are imminent. Resources come when moves are imminent. The word imminent means ready to take place, happening soon. Sometimes that's exactly what's going on within your life when you believe in God. You're believing, you're believing, you're believing, and you're like, Lord, we ain't got no money. And the Lord's like, well, the money comes when the move's ready. He says, stay in the position because while you're in Bethlehem, I got folks that have money, that have resources that are making their way to you. And if you stay in the right place, he says, when the time for you to move is in place, the money will show up. This is what happens with Jerry with, with, 
in, in Bethlehem. This is what, rather, this is what happens in, in, in Jerusalem with Mary and Joseph. They didn't know that the time was coming from them to move from Jerusalem to Egypt, but God knew. And that's the reason why the money was making its way to them for that when the time came, the money and the resources that you needed to move to the next place shows up right on time so that you can make the next step. It doesn't come before. It doesn't come so you can just throw it up and be satisfied in looking at it. As we all want. The money comes when the move is imminent. The money comes when the move is imminent. If the move is not imminent, you don't need the money right now. But you want the money in the account right now so that you can stop believing and you can say, well, I got the money. I really don't have to believe God now, do I? And that's why he holds the money back. Because he says, all right, why are you in this position of believing me? I'll make sure that you can't see nobody and nothing but me. You got to believe what I said. And when it's time to move, you'll notice the money shows up. Go back to the story that I told you a minute ago. That's exactly what happened. I was in here painting the door, bless God. And the money showed up not a week before, not three days before, but literally the day before somebody sold a seat into the training center and I was able to carry a check over to the man. That was all right before it was due. And I remember having a conversation with pastor. I said, why does it work this way? He said, son, it's just the way it is. And I submit to you this morning, that's the way it is. That's the structure of believing. Because if you can see it, what you got to believe for? If you can lay hold to it with, with your physical hands, you don't need any faith. Believing is believing that I receive something I can't touch, I can't hold, I cannot have, or I cannot touch it with my physical hands. I believe that God, what you said, is true why I can't touch it. I believe that what you said will manifest when I don't see anything moving. I believe that I'm going to carry a baby that's going to change the world when my baby looks just like every other baby here at the temple. Believing God is what is required for us to walk by faith. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, in the authority of the name of Jesus, Lord, we bless you for this opportunity to have gotten into your word on this Christmas season. Lord, we thank you for believing. Lord, we thank you for you know what's in manifestation. You know what's not. But you also know what's coming. And Lord, when we don't understand, when we don't see what's next, when, we, when we're like, God, we're simply trying to believe. Lord, we thank you for you encouraging our faith, strengthening us on the journey. Lord, we thank you that all of the plans that we have, we submit and lay them before your feet. Lord, things may not look the way that we think they should look, but Lord, we thank you that as we submit ourselves to you, that your will shall be done on this earth. Your timing, your purposes, the way you have it, the people that you are setting in place. We thank you, Lord, that we trust you. And Lord, we thank you as we believe. We thank you that that power now works on the inside of us, that, 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 that you'll continue to encourage our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone in agreement did say, Amen.
Well, praise the Lord. Never know how some of this stuff is going to come out. <laughs> but we pray that you were blessed this morning. Amen. I thought we would get to B stands for it, and then we didn't this year. That was not the assignment. <clears throat> praise the Lord anyway. Well, it's giving time. It's giving time. Scripture says over in uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13, happy, the Amplified, happy, blessed, considered, fortunate to be admired is the man that finds skillful and godly wisdom. The man who gains understanding and insight, learning from God's word and experiences life. Verse 14, for wisdom profit, pro, wisdom's profit is better than profit, the profit of silver and her gain is better than fine gold. He says, happy, fortunate to be admired is the man who finds wisdom. Well, what is wisdom? Wisdom has a lot to do with you understanding how things work. A person that's wise when they're at, in the office is someone, they understand how, how this works with that and that works with this. They understand which forms to fill out for this and that. It's one of the reasons why, you know, when you have an issue with the law, you go down and see a lawyer because you're looking for some wisdom from somebody that understands how things work. In the kingdom of God, God desires that everyone operates in wisdom. Well, you understand how things work. Man sows a seed. Man has a right to expect a harvest. When I sow seeds into the ground on my time, I can expect that God's going to give me a harvest of time. If I sow a fruit seed into the physical ground, I could have, a, have an expectation because of wisdom that I can receive fruit or an apple because I sowed that seed into the ground. Well, when I sow money seeds, I have an expectation because of wisdom that God will multiply that money that I have, in fact, sown. He said, well, I haven't seen anything yet. God says, keep on believing. Sometimes, you know, particularly when we're talking in terms of believing God for a harvest of financial seeds, sometimes that takes so long because you got to understand that God dealing with people. God ain't going to drop down $20 and let it fly across your car. He has to have it come through the, through the people that would be willing to obey what he says to do. That's even where jobs are concerned. Sometimes your job is delayed because of the fact he's got to work with somebody that will listen to him. You got a lot of hard-headed folk out there. Don't you be one of them. Amen. Don't you be one of them. That what God's desire for us is that we can be a channel. Now God will give you a lot of money so you can start distributing it to different places as he assigns. But he won't give you a lot of money if he can't trust you. I want to be in a position where God can trust me with money. Well, how does that happen? By training in this area of seed, time, and harvest. Through the wisdom of God. Three ways you can give to the training center. First way is by way of our online giving, which is the training center-church.org. Second way is by way of our cash app, which is dollar sign one TTC. Third way that you can sow is by way of our mail, which is the training center located at 1314 West 2nd Avenue, Gastonia, North Carolina, zip code 28052. And of course, you can sow live and in the house. We thank God for whatever way that <clears throat> the Spirit of God is leading you to sow. Amen. I thank God for those that are sown and those that, in fact, have already sown uh, do, via these uh, 
these portals on this past week. Congregation, let us go ahead and set ourselves in agreement with those that have sown and those that are in fact sowing. Father, in the authority of the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you give seed to the sower. We thank you, Lord, as we are cheerful in our motivation in giving, that you can make all grace abound towards us. We thank you, Lord, that because we are tithers and givers, that you are the one that is responsible for rebuking the devourer for our sakes, for opening up the windows of heaven and pouring us out a blessing in which there's not room enough to receive. God, we thank you because we honor you that we declare that our bones are filled with plenty and our vats burst out with new wine. Father, we thank you that we put you in remembrance of your word and we speak to our seed and say, seed, go and grow and produce a harvest in the name of Jesus. Everyone in agreement with that did say, amen. Well, once again, we want to say Merry Christmas to you on this 2003 Christmas Eve. Amen. 2008 Christmas Eve. It's a great time to be at church on Christmas Eve. And because we understand the roots of the word Christmas means Christmas, which literally is a service where we celebrate the incarnation, the Advent season. Amen. May God continue to bless you immensely on this week. Spend some time with your families on this week making rich memories, but also remembering the purpose and the reason for the season. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you on Thursday. Amen. Hello, I'm Lady Aisha W. Smith. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Training Center Church located here in Gastonia, North Carolina at 1314 West 2nd Avenue, Suite B. If you're joining us and this is your first time, we'd like to take this time to say thank you. If you're new to our area or if you're looking for a church home, we currently have our services on Thursday evening at 645 and 7 p.m. for Bible study and Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. We'd like to invite you and your family and even a friend to join us live here in person where we have worship every Sunday. Thank you for joining us. Give thanks and be blessed. I'm Lady Aisha W. Smith. On behalf of our pastor, Pastor A.C. Smith, we love you and thank you so very much.